Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the sin of Eli's sons as we pick up in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 17. And now, with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. So they were bullying the people. The effect of it was that men began to abhor the offering of the Lord. Down in verse 17. So the sin of the young men were great because it caused people to begin to resent their offerings to the Lord. What a horrible sin that actually is. Where you turn people off from God because of your attitude. Because of greed and your own greed. You cause people to blaspheme. I really don't know who got me started on these evangelists list. (laughs) But these evangelists sell their list to each other. And so you get on one and pretty soon you get on all. Because they'll sell their list to each other. They'll do anything for a buck. And so it seems that I'm getting more and more letters. Dear brother, a mutual friend told me about you. And I felt led of the Lord to write and to share with you my needs. Now I'm enclosing a page of the Bible because the word of God is so powerful. If you'll just write your request in this page and wrap it up and send it back to me. Enclose your offering in the page also. And I'll take your request before the Lord, and I'll pray for you because the Lord tells me there's something wrong. You've got a problem in your life. There's something that's not quite right. You know, what is it, brother? Share with me. The other day, a telegram came, urgent. Please send $10 immediately. I'll explain everything later. (laughs) I've built a cross. Send me the names of four people that you want nailed to that cross <laughs> and enclose an offering of 15 to $20. Can you believe it? It's unreal. Now, these men, their sin is really terrible. It's awful because they cause people to blaspheme God. They are deceivers. They prey upon People who have become more or less senile, living on pensions. And they're nothing but rip-off artists. And their sin is as the sin of the sons of Eli who caused people to abhor the sacrifice and the worship of God. Now, Samuel began to do little errands around the temple. And his mother made him a little linen robe like the priest. And though he was just a little tyke, yet he, he began to wear the robes of a priest and, uh, and began to do the errands around there. And I imagine was just a cute little guy to see. There in his linen robe and, and going around and doing some of the little duties uh, around there. I imagine it was really quite a quite a sight. And every year, 
his mother would make a little coat for him, and when she would come up each year to sacrifice, she would bring him a new coat, a little bit bigger naturally than the year before, and visit with him there. So Eli, the priest, blessed Elkanah, his father, that is Samuel's father, with his wife and said, The Lord give thee seed of this woman for the loan which is lent to the Lord. And they went to their own home, and God blessed Hannah, and she conceived and had three other sons and two daughters. And the child Samuel grew before the Lord. Now Eli was an old man, and he heard the things that his sons did how that actually they were lying with the women right there at the gate of the temple. They were just perverse. Though they were supposedly representing God as a priest, yet they were immoral, they were crooked, they were real rats. And so their dad said, why do you do such things? I hear of your evil dealings from all these people. My son, it's not a good report that I, that I hear you make the Lord's people to transgress. If one man sins against another, the judge shall judge him. But if a man sins against the Lord, who is going to pray for him? Notwithstanding, they did not hearken unto the voice of their father because the Lord would slay them. In other words, they had gone so far, the Lord was wanting to wipe them out and therefore they just didn't listen to their dad. But the child Samuel grew on and was in favor both with the Lord and also with men. Now there came a man of God to Eli and prophesied to him how that God had promised to place the high priesthood into the house of Aaron forever. However, because of Eli and his sons, who would not honor the Lord. God said, For them that honor me I will honor, and them that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Behold, the days come that I will cut off thine arm and the arm of your father's house, and there shall not be an old man in your house. And you will see an enemy in my habitation, and all the wealth which God shall give Israel, there shall not be an old man in your house forever. And then the prophecy of verse 35, I will raise me up a faithful priest that shall do according to that which is in mine heart and in my mind, and I will build him a sure house, and he shall walk before mine anointed forever. So the prophecy there of the new priesthood, Jesus Christ, the high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Now in chapter 3, the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious or scarce in those days. There was no open vision. God just wasn't speaking to man. And it came to pass when Eli had lied down at bed at night, Samuel went into his bedroom, and Samuel heard a voice calling him. And he said, Here am I. And he ran into Eli, and he said, Did you call me? And Eli said, No, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. Samuel got back to bed again, and he heard the voice, Samuel, Samuel. And he went running in. He said, here I am. What do you want? He said, I didn't call you. Go back to bed, kid. Samuel went back to bed again. And again he heard the voice saying, Samuel, Samuel. He went running in. And he said, sure, you call me. What do you want? 
And the old man began to get the picture at this point, and he figured, hey, maybe God is speaking to this boy. And so he said, go back to bed, and if you hear your name being called again, say, speak, my Lord, for your servant heareth. So Samuel went back to bed, and he heard the voice, Samuel, Samuel. And he said, speak, my Lord, for thy servant heareth. And the Lord said to Samuel, I'm going to do a work in Israel that when the people see it or hear of it, their ears are going to tingle. In that day, I'm going to perform against Eli all of the things which I have spoken concerning his house. And what I began, I'm going to finish. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knows because his sons made themselves vile and he restrained them not. Here is something to me that is very interesting, something that we had better take note of. It was his refusal to discipline his sons that brought the judgment of God upon his house. His refusal to discipline them in their actions. Fathers, you have a responsibility in the disciplining of your children. Don't shirk that responsibility. Eli did not discipline his sons. He allowed them to go on with these actions, and thus God promised that he was going to judge the house. And therefore I have sworn to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be purged with sacrifices nor offerings forever. They can't offer any sacrifice to cleanse them. Samuel lay until the morning, and he opened the doors of the house of the Lord but he was afraid to tell Eli the vision. And Eli called Samuel, and he said, Samuel, my son, and he answered, here am I. And he said, what is the thing that the Lord said unto you? I pray that you will not hide it from me, for God do so to thee, and more also, if you hide anything from all of the things which God said. Boy, that isn't fair. You know, lay something like that on you. <laughs> Tell me, God do the same to you and more also if you don't tell me everything that God said. So Samuel told him everything, did not hide anything from him. And he said, it is the Lord, let him do what seemeth him good. Now, this is quite an attitude for the old man. A submission unto the judgment of God. It is the Lord, let him do what he sees right. A commitment of himself to that judgment, that promised judgment of God. So Samuel grew, the Lord was with him, and all of Israel from Dan to Beersheba realized that Samuel was established to be the prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, and the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. Now in chapter 4, we find the Philistines had come against the Israelites. And they met them in battle and defeated them. 4,000 of the men of Israel were slain. So the Philistines were getting ready to attack again, and the people said, let us bring the Ark of the Covenant into the camp in order that the Philistines cannot defeat us. Now, they were beginning to look at the Ark of the Covenant as sort of a amulet 
a good luck piece in a kind of a thing, well, if the Ark of the Covenant is here, it will bring us good luck over the Philistines, making it almost a fetish kind of a thing, bringing it into the camp. It was wrong, but they did it anyhow. And when the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, came with the Ark of the Covenant, all of the men in the camp began to shout and, and a big cheer went up and a lot of shouting and the Philistines said, what's going on over there? And so when they found out that they had brought the Ark of the Covenant, the Philistines said, oh, that's not fair. It's never happened in battle that, you know, the people have brought their gods into battle with them. And these are the gods that wiped out the Egyptians and the Amorites and all. What chance do we have? And the Philistines it had a reverse effect, actually. They said, men, fight with everything you got or else you're going to be their slaves even as they have been our slaves. And it, and it so inspired the Philistines that they attacked and they defeated the men of Israel and they took the Ark of the Covenant back to their own city. They captured the Ark of the Covenant and took it back to their Philistine cities. And so... The two sons of Eli were slain in that battle. A young man came running to tell the news, and Eli was sitting in a chair by the road, and the young man came, and Eli said, what's the meaning of all this noise, the tumult? Now, Eli at this point was 98 years old. His eyes were dim. He could barely see. And this young fellow said, I came out of the camp of the army. And he said, Israel has fled before the Philistines and your two sons were killed and the Ark of the Covenant was taken. When the old man heard that the Ark of the Covenant was taken, he, he fell over backwards, broke his neck because he was a very hef, heavy man and he died. Now, his daughter-in-law, the wife of Phineas, his son, at that time was expecting a child. When she heard that her husband had died, she went into labor pains. And the women were standing around to help her, and they said to her, Fear not, for you have had a son. But she did not answer, neither did she regard it. But she named the child Ichabod, saying, the glory is departed from Israel because the ark of the God had been taken by their enemies. Ichabod means no glory or the glory is departed. And so this child, of course, was stuck with this name, Ichabod, and she died in, in the birth of the child. Now, the Philistines took this ark of the covenant and they brought it to one of their cities on the coast, the city of Ashdod. And they put the Ark of the Covenant in the temple of their god Dagon next to the idol of Dagon. And in the morning when they came in to worship their god Dagon, they found that the idol had fallen on his face on the floor. So they set him up on the pedestal again. And the next morning when they came in, their god Dagon was lying on the floor, but both of his hands had been snapped off and his neck, his head had rolled out. Uh, and away from him. 
And then all of the many men in Ashdod began to break out with boils all over them. And so they began to relate these things to the Ark of the Covenant being with them. And so they carried the Ark of the Covenant to another Philistine city, the city of Gath. And they said, here, you fellas keep this thing. And then the men of Gath began to break out in boils all over them. And so they, they gathered together with the lords of the Philistines and said, what should we do with this thing? And they said, well, let's take it to Ekron. And the men of Ekron said, oh, no, you're not bringing that thing here. We don't want it. Don't bring it here. So here they were plagued with this thing. They didn't know exactly what to do with it, so they called some of their religious diviners and seers and all. They said, what should we do with this thing? And so they said, well, the thing is, send it back to the people of Israel. But don't send it back without an offering. So make some golden <laughs> things like boils, because of the boils that broke out, and make little mice, golden mice also, and put it with the Ark of the Covenant and take two cows and take a new cart and put it on the cart and let these two cows take their young away from them and let these two cows go and let them take it back to the children of Israel. Now, if the cows make a direct line for the camp of Israel, then you know that it was the Lord in all this thing. But if the cows just don't seem to know where to go and start to wander in the field or turn back for their calves, then you'll know that it was just an accident. It was just a, you know, some kind of a weird coincidence that this happened. And so they made this cart, and they got these two cows, and they took them from their calves and, and harnessed them to this cart with the little golden emrods or boils and the little golden mice as an offering unto the Lord and they set them loose and the cows made a direct line for the camp of Israel just sort of mooing all the way. <laughs> and so the lords of the Philistines followed to see the thing and of course as the ark came and approached the camp of Israel again the people shouted for joy there around Beth Shemesh, where the ark was returning. And so when the lords of the Philistines saw it, they went back and they said, boy, it was, you know, they went right there and, and uh, they recognized that it was the hand of the Lord that was against them. Now, the men of Beth Shemesh were curious and they began to look into the ark. Now, this is something that was strictly forbidden under the law of God, to look into the ark of God. Only the priests were allowed to see the ark of God, and before they would remove it out of the Holy of Holies, they would cover it with these blankets. But these men, out of curiosity, began to peer at it and actually 70 of them died who curiously were looking at the ark of God. Now there is a, a statement here which is a difficult translation in verse 19. 
And he smote the men of Beth Shemesh because they had looked into the ark of the Lord. Even he smote of the people 50,000 and threescore and 10 men. Actually, it should read of the city of, or of the people of 50,000, 70 were slain. 70 men were slain. In other words, of that population of the area, approximately 50,000 people, 70 of them were slain. And the people lamented because the Lord had smitten the people with this great slaughter. And the men of Beth Shemesh said, Who is able to stand before this holy Lord God? And to whom shall he go up from us? In other words, we got to get rid of this thing. Who of us can stand before the holiness of God? Interesting question and one that we should be interested in. We should recognize, first of all, the holiness of God. That absolute holiness of God is actually deadly for sinful man to approach. We, none of us, dare try to stand before a holy God in our own righteousness. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of 1 Samuel on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order 1 Samuel 2-6 through when visiting thewordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's thewordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today. P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord fill your heart with praise and thanksgiving through the week that you might know God's work and God's victory in your life. May God help you to bring things into their proper perspective and the proper priorities that you might seek first the kingdom of God, His righteousness, and that you might realize the power and the glory of the God that you serve in order that you might see His work in your life in a very real and beautiful way. In Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. Sometimes it's difficult to celebrate the holidays like Christmas or New Year's Eve because of a recent death in the family or a sudden tragedy that's happened. And it's in times like this that we want to be used by God to bring encouragement, hope, and most of all, love to our family and friends who are going through a hardship. That's why I'd like to tell you about a book by Chuck Smith called When the Storm Hits. 
I'm amazed when I read this book that it's able to encourage and strengthen a person and persuade them to look to Jesus and not at their problem. It encourages us to be patient, not to lose hope, and when the storm hits, to get anchored on Jesus, the rock, and don't let go. To order a copy of Chuck Smith's book, When the Storm Hits, please call the word for today at 800-272-9673. Or you can visit us online to read a preview of the book by visiting thewordfortoday.org.